Welcome to the show, Trinception. Number one. Lock. Numero uno. We are here. We are live. I'm excited. Are you ready, everybody? Are you ready for the beginning of something beautiful, something glorious, something great? Well, here we are. Trinception. That was amazing. How'd that feel? Feel right at home. Yeah, right at home? Yeah. Is that your song? That's my song. All right. So, this is the first podcast. The first one, numero uno. Number uno. And uh, who am I with right now? Who are you? Trinception, the one and only. So the one and only Trinception. That's the name we're sticking with? Yeah. There's no other names? Uh, well, my well, real name. My, uh, well, you, you don't need to share. It's fine. It's All right, just go. Trinception, right? It's yeah. like Madonna, Sting, Trinception. Misho. Misho. Post Malone. Post, yeah, I guess. His, name's not, his parents didn't name him Post Malone. <laughs> I think his true. name is Austin Post. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And you know how he got his name? Oh. This is what I heard. He went on like a rap name generator website. Okay. And he put in his name. Yeah. And it spit out Post Malone. He's like, yo, this is hype. <laughs> and then he took over the world. Clean clean play. Clean play. Austin Post is... It's not, a great name too. Yeah, yeah. It's such a strong name. Austin Post. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. And I have no, no one to check. Because uh, Rogan has young Jamie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I have... A really hard time with having anyone else in the room. So for podcast one, I didn't want any fact checkers. All good. So we'll leave it up to the seven people in the comments. Yes. Uh, six of them who will be my brother to correct us if we're wrong. Perfect. So, so young yeah. Jamie. So young Jamie is, uh, is the podcast producer yeah. for uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Kind of like Gary for Howard Stern. Yeah. Gary Delabate. Fafafohai. <laughs> I actually started listening uh, to the Howard Stern show again twice in the last two weeks because my brother was moving and I had to drive his car and I don't have Sirius XM anymore. Yeah. And uh, I put on the Howard Stern show, you know, Howard 100. And it just reminded me of like, God damn, this is so good. It's like him just bitching and complaining and being funny in it and screaming at Gary and screaming at everybody. Yeah. I, it just feels so good. I felt like at home and like the fact that I was starting this show, I was like, I needed to hear that because he has like a different thing. It's not a podcast. It's just the show. They do it every morning. Yeah. And they're like a small, poorly run family business. Well, like the inside is chaotic, like a family business, like I've been in. Yeah. Perhaps you've had experience and, uh, well, they get the job done. It's an amazing show, amazing guests, amazing everything. But it was just like, this is another way of doing it too. Because obviously the Joe Rogan thing, just come in, let's talk, yeah. let's shoot the shit. But also, if it somehow morphed into this like chaotic Howard Stern show, like, could be cool. Did it bring you back memories? Because I know like, I've known you for a long time and we've listened to Howard Stern for a long, long time. So beyond like just the content of being cool and like, wow, this guy's still relevant. 30 years later? Did it bring you back memories as well? Uh, totally. I didn't listen to it all that long, but it just gave me this like beautiful dose of nostalgia. Okay. It just gave me a, like a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah. And I think that's what... Here, I'm going to move this thing down. I think that's what I love uh, about the Howard Stern show uh, and the, <clears throat> the, just the good feelings that you get from it. Mm-hmm. Because it's something... It's that nostalgic feeling that you've been listening to your whole life. It gave me the fuzzies. 
and sorry, I lost, uh, I lost myself there, but the idea that like, I've been listening to him so much over the years that he became part of my routine. He became part of my extended family. Yeah. Like I would drive half an hour to work every day, every morning. I'd listen to Howard. I'd listen to Robin and Fred doing the insane sound effects and yeah. his frustration with absolutely everyone other than Robin in that place. And like, it reminded me of my dad because I was a lazy fucker. Yeah, yeah. You know, back in the day, you know, he told me to be at work at seven. I'd be there at 8.03, like a piece of shit. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, just, it really, it felt like a real guy. A real guy being very frustrated, but loving everyone. Like, I think he was so frustrated because he loved everyone so much. Yeah. And he still does. Mm-hmm. That's why he doesn't quit. Because he's like, yeah, Gary, producer of the Howard Stern Show. Where the fuck else are you going to work? <laughs> <laughs> That's Who true. the fuck's going to hire you? That's true. Or um, who's the limo driver? Uh, Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah. And Ronnie. he gets like movie gigs and TV show gigs and everything like that. Ronnie's amazing. Yeah. And it's a platform for like all the freaks in his surroundings to come on board. And that's kind of what I've always wanted to do. Like since I can remember, I was like, you should, you should start a YouTube show because you're such a character, you know, and you should do this. And, and one day I'll do it and I'll have you on because the world needs to see how fucking insane you are. Yeah. yeah. And so. Would you say you have your own crew of freaks as well? Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, in, my, in my direct network and extended network, there's these amazing personalities that are just they're not even from this time. You know, like guys like uh, Paul or George the Leb. Yeah. You know, or like even Masari. Even all, of these, all of these characters that if they came on, like, they, like they're not freaks like the Howard. They're yeah, not yeah, freaks yeah. at all in that regard. But they're, they're characters. They're, yeah. they're movie characters. Yeah. These guys are like, they should be in movies. They're so good. But movies and they don't even know they're in a movie. Mm-hmm. Just love that stuff. Cool stuff. Love Howard Stern. Howard Stern's great. What other podcasts do you listen to? I'm Joe Rogan. I listen to uh, a couple of uh, sports podcasts. There's a guy named Bill Simmons who just, uh, he's kind of like the Howard Stern, but for sports, started a long, long time ago. Okay. And he recently sold to Spotify as well for a nice check. And uh, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So Spotify's buying that real estate. Absolutely, everybody. Why wouldn't they? They have the cash flow Mm -hmm. and they want to build that base. So, so crazy, man. Crazy. So what uh, What else, Trin? Olak, Trinception? Some, going back on the Howard Stern, just because like this knowledge, this notion that he was kind of out of his element, not out of his element, but he was very different 30 years ago. And still today, no one has arguably been able to touch him. He's still the same thing. All the guests want to go on his show, even though he says like the most controversial thing. As one of his guests or, or someone that wants to go on his guests, what do you think is the number one driver other than publicity that makes him want to go on his show? Is it just his ability to connect with people, to ask the right questions? or? Well, I think he's developed into an amazing interviewer. Yeah. And for a long time, like I wouldn't say he's very controversial now. I don't think he's controversial at all. Yeah. So I think what people like about going on the Howard Stern show now is actually that it's safe. It has a great platform. Yeah. A lot of people listen to him. Very relevant. Uh, also, he asks great questions. He makes his guests look good. He doesn't shit on people. Because mm-hmm. that, that's how he built. You know, like he was like the mafia. Back in the day, he was the shock jock, you know, Howard Stern. And he would say crazy shit. He'd have people having orgasms on the phone, sitting on the speaker, and he'd be like, and do all this crazy stuff. And no one wanted to go on. Yeah. Well, no one like... Not like today. 
but as he evolved and grew up, I guess, started to work on himself, he, he turned into a more, uh, I don't know, a person who thought about things more. And the more he did like his therapy or whatever it was, his, his worldview adjusted and changed. And he grew up, he was a kid. Mm-hmm. He was a kid who was just having fun, trying to, trying to make it in the world. Every, everyone told him that he couldn't be a DJ, that his voice was shit, that he didn't know what he was doing. And he just kept going. And so fast forward, when did he start in the 80s? I think so, yeah. 30, 40 years, what is, whatever it is, he's developed into an amazing interviewer who makes his guests feel at home. He asks great questions. Um, and he's got his circus around there. So why wouldn't someone want to go on a show? Yeah, agreed. Right? Because he, he still has that perception to people who don't know him as this like wild guy. Yeah. But I don't really see him as a wild guy. He's like, goes to bed at nine o'clock. His wife has got a, she saves cats and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He watches the news and talks about it and he, and he fucks around with his people at his office. He's just a, he's just a hardworking, good guy who gets really frustrated and it's hilarious. No, it's, it's cool. And to this day for him to still do what he loves, because he could, he could have retired a long time ago, right? Totally. But he keeps going because I think he's got that, he doesn't want to, he's got a big heart. Yeah. He really feels, as much as like, well, I think most people who watch him know this, that he has a big heart. But for the people who don't know, they might know him as the shock jock, but he has, he's got a big warm heart and he wants everyone to, to have a job and be safe. And like when he gets mad at someone, he, he's not mad at them. He's mad that like, they're just fucking it up for themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know? So he's just like a father figure and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to let anybody down, which is like, could be the downfall of him too. But he's got all these listeners who listen to him every morning. And I, I don't think he wants to let them down either. You know, like they, they, they have been listening to him every single morning. That's true. They are like morning coffee. Yeah. And, uh, I had to go beyond like, he's the OG subscription model, right? Like for serious, like they were the first ones, um, that had subscription because radio was free. Yeah. And so if you wanted to listen to him, you, you had to pay an extra premium. Um, yeah, because it was even more yeah. than just serious. Yeah. And above radio. But that's the power of the community they had. See, that's all, it's all the community. It's the community. It's the consistency. It's the... Like, he didn't know what he was going to be, you know, in the 80s, what he was going to be today. Yeah. But he just kept going. He kept going and going and, and just naturally developing and showing up every day, not pivoting his strategy every two weeks. Yeah. And uh, good for him. He's, uh, he's fucking awesome. Yeah. And in terms of consistency and, and building that rapport, same with Rogan. When he started, he was, I think, just getting blazed with his friends. Yeah. He got early sponsorships by uh, Fleshlight. And they were, they were just fucking around all the time. He didn't know that he would turn in like it would turn into this ama- amazing thing. Even like four years ago, his friends would would make fun of him and say like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, they they couldn't get it right. They couldn't get most people. I don't think can understand like a long play, even though he wasn't necessarily looking at a financial long play. Mm-hmm. He just liked to talk to people, and so and it made him feel good. So he just kept doing it. But I think a lot of people get dissuaded for these types of things because it's like, well, what do I get paid now? Yeah. Right. Luckily for him, he was not thinking about it like that because he had, you know, revenue coming from other places. Mm-hmm. 
and he just did that for fun and it turned it up turned into like the most revenue high revenue generating thing for him and all because he just did it because he liked it i think that's the formula that is the formula Fuck. and so that's part of why i started this this podcast that doesn't have a name yet yeah i'll probably just keep it something around me show i think I don't think time travel or the fifth dimension or any of that shit is like this place is the fifth dimension. When you come in here, we're in the fifth dimension. We Absolutely. got the lights, we got the vibe, we got the armbands, you know, but, uh, just keeping it me show me shows the show. If you want to hear the music later, go search me show. And it's yeah. like, there's, there's no difference. It's not like this is called like uh, shooting the breeze in the fifth dimension because they say, okay, I just, in terms of like psychology of marketing, I just want to keep it consistent. Yeah. The least barriers to entry as possible. And I'm really excited to get this going because it's, uh, it's been a long time that I've been trying to figure out how to consistently bring entertainment and my personality to people. Yeah. And for a little while, when I started this stuff in like 2017, I was just talking to the camera. And when I was talking to the camera, it's like, there's only so much like there's, it's, 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 it's shitty. It's, it's not, it's not for me. Yeah. yeah. Like just talking to a camera and like trying to teach people shit <laughs> about what I fucked up. Like most of my, all my videos were not about teach. It was, it was just about, this is how I fucked up and this is what I think I got from it. Yeah. yeah. But there was no, there it's, was, there was no instant gratification of like being with someone. Okay. So do you, do you find that, is it just not you? Do you find it cringy? Do you not respect people who do that? Or is it just like not your thing? I would say it's not my thing. Okay, okay. And I think it's kind of cringy when I do it because okay. it's not my thing. <laughs> I it. think cringe is when someone's doing what they shouldn't be doing. Got it. You know, it's like the laws of nature speaking out loud so that when everyone sees you, they throw eggs at you because they know. Yeah. I have absolute respect for people who do that because that's how I learn shit. Yeah. But I'm not a fucking teacher. I'm just a, I'm just a bro. You know, that's trying to, trying to be a good time. Who's trying to learn things. Yeah. Who's trying to grow. And uh, people who can talk to the camera and deliver value. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to learn how to change the tire on a fucking Hummer H1. Yeah. There's a guy who makes videos and he talks to the camera and he tells you how to do it. It's an amazing thing that all these people, the Greg O'Gallagher just fucking walks around in the backyard, tells you about intermittent fasting with his abs. It's like, thank you. He taught me that. It's fucking awesome. And he's so good at it. Yeah. But my strength I think is to communicate with people absolutely, so that there's a back and forth and I don't have the discipline to put out a a video every week where I'm talking to myself and for eight months, nobody's going to watch it. (laughs) At least if no one's going to watch it now, I'm talking to someone, Mm -hmm. you know, and I really hate planning shit. It fucking burns me. I, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know what I mean for myself? Like for sure, like with studio, I show up, I might have a song, four chords and a melody, but I don't know where it's going. But I know that in that room, when that's happening, magic's going to happen. Same with a conversation. That's why we've been meeting every Sunday for like, I don't know, years. Yeah. Never know what we're going to talk about, but it's always fantastic. And this is that. It's like we're showing up and let, let's just see what happens in the moment. Absolutely. It's like we didn't script this. I don't have questions prepared. Yeah. Like I'm not going to prepare shit. Uh, this other podcaster, Lex Friedman, mm-hmm. he's amazing scientist, MIT. He's so thoughtful. He does so much research before every interview. He has all these amazing questions. He's a beautiful soul, but I'm a lazy fuck. (laughs) 
And I think his skill is the research and the this and having good com- conversation. But I'm like, I'm like a car salesman. <laughs> I'm not going to do the work. I'm going to show up and we're going to have a fucking great time and I won't follow up and I won't do shit. But in the moment, it's going to be aces, my brother. Do you know what I mean? I, I know absolutely what you mean. And you, I think, have a better sense of me than maybe I do myself. Yeah. Because like, I've known you since 99. Yeah. When we first met in high school. It's a so, long time ago. Yes. 1999. So now I'm, I'm giving away my age. As you can tell by my haircut, I'm not that young. But uh, yeah, you've, you've known me a, a long time. And mm-hmm. I guess I've been trying to figure shit out my entire life. Don't we all? Aren't Don't, we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. But we... That's what our conversations are usually about. You know, like the, the input theory of like how this affects that or like if you're working with someone and their inputs are X and your desired outcome is Y, then you're never going to get Y out of X. You know, yeah. shit like that. Absolutely. And so I'm definitely no scientist, but I have a lot of fun trying to understand my own shortcomings and then put, you know, try to attach some kind of meaning or learning or lesson to kind of like fill, to break it down. Yeah. And then we discuss it and then you apply it. You build teams and you have <laughs> successful business life because of it. No, obviously added on to, your, very own, cool. to your own skills. Yeah. But we're talking about me a shitload. No, no, it's, it's cool because just this product of this podcast or this conversational um, you know, aspect of media that you're going to do, I see it on a weekly basis because we meet every Sunday and I don't think there's been, and we always go to this coffee shop and every time we go, there's not once where you don't have a conversation with anybody, either it's a stranger or just, um, the people at the coffee shop. Like there's not one time that you just buy coffee and have a nice day. You no, always I, speak to somebody and I can see it in their eyes where they're like, wow, I've never met a human being like this before, or I've never had this interaction. Even with my boyfriend or girlfriend that I'm currently with, I've like never had this type of interaction. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's if they're saying I've never met this kind of person before, or it's just like I like to shine a glimmer of light on something. And it's not like I, it's instinctive, yeah, yeah, or instinctual. I don't know what the word is, but it's like I see someone, then I'll like I'll see a shirt, or I'll see this, or I'll see something, and I'll just call it out. And so your call out in terms of the timing and just the content of the comment, which is completely like there's left field, and then there's me show like. 10 left fields away. Yeah. That's why it comes and you can see where like they kind of glitch for a second and then they smile and then they laugh. So yeah, it hits, it hits like a hammer when it's so, like you said, like in pretty much in the fifth dimension. Yeah. <laughs> because I am so unimpressed when someone makes a joke. Yeah. That is the obvious one. Yeah. You have, you've picked the lowest common denominator. The, what do they call it? The lowest falling branch or apple or low hanging fruit. Yes. <laughs> You know what I fucking mean. Yeah. And uh, and when someone goes for that, it's like someone who's short walks in and they're like, hey, you're short. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah. But if you can somehow spin it in a way that's completely out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I made that up, that, that vibe up by myself. I'm pretty sure my dad, uh, his genes carried that. Yeah. And I'm, I just have it too. Uh, same with my brother. He... He has, a, he has a different way of, of doing it, but like if it's boiling hot somewhere, like boiling hot, he'll, he'll just like scream out, it's fucking freezing in here and everyone will hear it and everyone will like stop for a sec yeah, and then laugh and it's like, what is this guy? So that 
Um, I'm, I'm interested to know kind of like the trigger. Is it more the sense that you just want to, that showman within you that you just want to entertain or get a reaction out of somebody? Or is it that you generally want to have a conversation? Or is it 50-50 or 51-49? Like what's the balance of that? Well, look, I think you put a lot, uh, way too much emphasis on conversation yeah, yeah. because a conversation is never 10 seconds. You know, so these are micro bursts of just like joy yeah, yeah. Or, or stupidity or whatever it is. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good question. Maybe when I just see someone, I just see it as an opportunity to make an impact. Okay. It's like a challenge. Yeah. It's like, how can I flip that switch? Yeah. How can I, you know, like hit a pressure point, yeah. but in a, in a good way, that's fun for everyone. I'm not going to go and like insult someone. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's always like, it's always very pleasant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just like, it calls out to me. Yeah. Like it, if I see someone working at a at a convenience store, yeah, or or a bank teller who looks like like they've clicked the space bar seven million times today, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. since lunch, yeah. And so I just want to say something that'll you know give them vibe points, like yeah, yeah. yeah I want to like give some vibe, and it's not like I'm walking around fucking high vibes all the time. Yeah, yeah. Half the mornings I wake up and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> again. <laughs> I thought I did it right last night. Well, most of the time I didn't. Yeah, but it's. Some, I think it's just the interaction with strangers brings me joy. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think more people need that, especially these days. So, Well, now if you interact too much with someone, you're going to get fucking, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But uh, no, you can say shit through your mask too, so it's all good. Yeah. But yeah, we're very much confined to our routines. Mm-hmm. And even if like we have pandemic or no pandemic we have an office or we have a a routine or a job or a house or a route or this and that we usually stay within it yeah and so that gets really at least in my experience when i'm repeating the same routine even if it has like a workout in it even if it it has the good variables after three weeks or something of like the same thing like i start to lose my mind i start to just get bored, no motivation. It's like, yeah, I've been good on my diet, but fuck why? Like, I don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. Let me tank it. Let me order a dozen Krispy Kreme and just fuck this up. Because then at least when I get out of it, it's like worse the next day. There's like a depression. Yeah, yeah. But then at least it gives me some spice of life. Is that because... So going back to, you know, when you were talking about, you know, not waking up feeling 100 every single morning, do you realize in the moment or is it, Sometimes a couple days later or the next day. Well, like when I wake up in the morning and I'm not 100? Yeah, like... Do I realize it right away as soon as I get up? Or do I realize it Like uh, later on, yeah, in hindsight, later on during the day? (laughs) No, man, I wake up and I'm like, like I said, fuck. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) fuck. Okay, but that's probably like in the 1% because most people, they wake up and they have a shitty kind of morning and they're just on this terrible losing streak. They're probably not self-aware to be like, ah, fuck. Well, maybe... Maybe it's because it's super consistent. Maybe, yeah. I have tremendous highs and tremendous lows. Yeah. So maybe they're more balanced in a way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like I have a freedom that allows me to change my routine or do whatever I want, really. Yeah. And so I'm trying to build in more routine. I've always been trying to do that yeah. so that I could have more of a balanced state. But I don't know. The way I find balance is one side and then the other side, and then you average them, and we're in the middle. But What's to be uh, in the middle all the time. 
I don't so, even know if I answered your question. No, no, I mean, it makes sense. It was just about the self-awareness. But on that note, like, what's a, what's a good day for you? A good day was like yeah. yesterday. Okay, let's hear it. I woke up fresh, feeling good. Like, it, I could just feel it right away. I'm like, and when I say bad day, it doesn't mean that, like, it's, it's going to be a, a fucking shit day. It just <laughs> means that, like, oh, I'm not optimal. I felt, I felt optimal, and this is not optimal. So I'm going to take my time this morning. I'm going to maybe meditate a little longer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read. I'm not going to rush out of the house or do anything. I need time to get to where I think I need to be before I can communicate with someone. Whereas yesterday, for example, I woke up and boom, I could have been out of the house instantly because I, I, I didn't feel like I had to get up to a certain level. Okay. But yesterday I woke up on the level. I had a great evening the night before, um, decent meal, finished eating early. Had a great hangout, so good vibes, and then uh, I woke up great. This morning, I, di- I, I was a little lethargic, okay. and, but I'm aware of it, and it's, it's not like, oh, it's a bad, every day can't be like perfect, and uh, yeah, so that, it, that's just how it is. It's, uh, I wouldn't say it's luck of the Irish. <clears throat> I did watch like a lot of TV yesterday. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that time that I was spending with someone. Um, I was I wasn't fucking around either. Photon love styles, because <laughs> that I'm I'm putting aside <laughs> or deleting. Uh, I just and I just know I uh, I probably watched too much TV, and that didn't make me feel ideal. Got it. That's just my bro science. That's not like oh watch too much TV you'll feel fucked. Probably it contributes to not feeling ideal. Yeah. Like, I don't have uh, data, you know? But in my experience, if I watch TV a long time and right before bed, I don't feel great in the morning. I don't think you need science to agree with that statement. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> or else, you know, who does have data? All these streaming companies. That's why they fucking keep making content and content to keep people uh, in the loop. So, Yeah. Well, remember, did we talk about this where... Uh, there's a possible scenario okay. where, let's say, like an elite company or government or whatever in the future will be able to choose the people they want to work with based on their interactions with social media. So let me iterate, like, or reiterate. Fuck, that's good. Yeah. So it's like uh, patient X, yeah. X, I don't know, 42. This person um, doesn't touch social media until 11 a.m. And when they do, it's for 10 minutes. And then when we, when the algorithm gives them some juicy thing that should keep the average in there for three hours, they don't even react. This mind is a still lake. Let's find this person, extract them, and they're going to go work for SpaceX now. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's very cool. Right? Isn't that like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could definitely be a use because it's like, it's like reverse data. Yeah. Because I fall, like, definitely I'm not going to be hired by SpaceX because once I get trapped in that loop, I'm fucking in there. Yeah, yeah. I would, I, I think I'm pretty good at, at fucking off of it unless I'm checking the weather. Mm-hmm. You ever check the weather on your phone and you go on and then like 20 minutes later, you're like, what's the fucking weather? And are you, you know what I mean? You go on, but you go straight to Instagram because it's like an impulse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 100%. I experienced that last week. So I, I had a small hack because I want st- to stop going on Instagram 
So I just put in like a, a separate folder and just that like extra barrier of a second folder, it gives you enough of like a zip to like, oh, never mind. I don't want to check it. One million percent. Yeah. That's, that's an amazing idea. Yeah. And I, I have experience with it because I, when I changed folders of Instagram, it was enough of a barrier yeah. to like, oh, like it, it wasn't just like a, an automatic, uh, automatic tech, response. Yeah. yeah. And so how has that worked for you? Uh, it worked great. So has the algorithm updated in your mind yet? Or like, do you think in two weeks you'll have to move it to a new folder? No, no. I, I think, uh, I think if I leave it there, it's good the way it is. Okay. I'll need maybe another 17 days to, to fully like, oh, never mind. I don't need Instagram anymore. Okay, very good. Another hack I did is I, uh, I changed the password on a certain app that I don't want to use anymore. Yeah. And before, before, wait, what did I say? I changed the password? Yeah. Yeah, so I changed the password, but I changed it to something that I didn't know. Okay. And so I did like a blind type whatever. <laughs> Sick. Copy pasted it because you got to confirm your password. Yeah, yeah. And then I, del- I, and I didn't save it because it always saves to your like Google whatever. And yeah. like to the cloud. To the cloud, yeah. So it's not saved on the cloud. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And then I deleted it. So she gone. It's gone and it's very good because we need to set, at least I do, set boundaries for myself. Yeah. You know the shelf thing? That I used to talk about. Which one? Um, back at my old job, um, I was in charge of the manufacturing process. Yeah. And I wanted the warehouse to be clean. <laughs> and I wanted things to be set up in a certain way, like efficient to work, and there was no waste and nothing you didn't need mm-hmm. so that people could just work fast. Um, and there was shit on the shelf. There was always shit on the shelf. Like they'd clean it, and then the, like, the next day or two days later, there'd be crap on the shelf. So I was like, I got an idea. Lose the fucking shelf. Got rid of the shelf. There was never anything on the shelf anymore because it didn't exist. But if there's like a space or there's a drawer or there's... Just get rid of it. Absolutely. Like I know that usually after 8 p.m., I'm up to no good. I'm home alone. I'm fucking around. And you know what I mean. Photon love and this and that, whatever. Or eating, you know, donuts. Like I could be all day. Mm -hmm. Fasted till two. Ate well. Worked out. Did all this shit. Went to the studio. It was amazing. But then at like 8.30, I'm like, man, you know, 2,800 calories of donuts in five minutes sounds like a pretty decent idea. (laughs) So what do I do? Um, I can delete the Uber Eats app. Yeah. That's one move. Mm -hmm. I can uh, choose to use crazy amount of discipline, which I think is a finite resource. So if like, you did stuff all day and worked and, and thought and you got none of that left at the end of the day. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like it's like a tank. But but okay, so just on that note, yeah. If you talk about that, you're gonna sound crazy to ninety nine percent of the people. Like, what do you mean discipline tank? Okay. Um Oh, that's just how I visualize it. No, no, whether it's true or not, it's a hundred percent true because it works for me. Like <laughs> my personal data is in. We are exactly how we build video games. The Sims has a discipline bar as well. Fuck off. Yeah, for sure. Every video game has a discipline bar or some sort of magic bar. It's all the same, right? That that depletes at the end. Or I can't just throw a million fireballs. That doesn't exist. So same thing like in, oh, in life, there's a discipline bar. No shit. Yeah. So yeah, I know my discipline bar, usually by 8, 30, 9 p.m. is fucked. Okay. So I'm, I'm just rendered to my reptilian brain and I just want to, you know, exactly what I eat or f- simulate fuck. You know what I mean? 100%. Whatever that is. Yeah. 
So what do I do? And I should just throw someone in the equation. Because if I'm hanging out with someone or going for dinner or doing something like that, I will be having a nutritious um, experience in terms of, of like good vibes, you know, the, the ultimate chemical cocktail of serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin and all that good the shit. The best one. The best one. The love cocktail. And whether that's with friends or a, uh, a loved <laughs> I, one or what, what do you like? I just laughed at the love cocktail because I'm sure this topic is going to be brought up a million times in other oh, Michelle podcasts. Yeah. And also you've done it um, in a couple of, of your posts and it's kind of controversial about the Simpsons being able to predict the future. And one of my favorite episodes ever was the Flaming Mo, and in the Flaming Mo, they they're trying to figure out what is that secret sauce. And when he types in into his machine, it, it's actually like love. What the hell does that mean? So love cocktail. The love cocktail. Love is the ultimate chemical cocktail. It's like all of them. It's addictive. Yeah. So there, when I'm, let's say at night, and I'm and I'm getting, I call it non nutritional cocktails. Yeah which is neurotransmitters, whatever the fuck those mean. It, it's like, am I eating candy or sweet potato? For example, if I'm watching porn yeah. or scrolling on social media, I'm getting uh, a dopamine drip or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and it's giving me something, but it's hollowing me out too. It's literally emptying my reserve. It's not a mutually beneficial exchange. Like TikTok's not giving me anything, yeah. but I'm giving TikTok. And I'm depleted after that. I wake up in the morning and I'm like shot. But if I'm hanging out with a person, spending time with someone, exchanging ideas, I call that like nutritional or, or nourishing. Um, what's the, I, have, I have a word for it. Whatever it is, you know what I mean? It's Am I getting my fix nutritionally or, or in a healthy way or in a shit way? Yeah. And there's room for the shit. Like we need the shit. You can't escape that. You know, it feels good to eat donuts and have chips and fuck around. But for the most part, I found that when I have um, a good balance of nourishing uh, interactions with people, then the next day I start with a leg up. I don't have to get into gear. I'm in gear. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give? Because there's probably 99% of the population that feels exactly the same way, whether they're too much on TikTok, Instagram, um, you know, YouTube. Twitch, playing video games, Tinder, whatever it is. And obviously they might be self-aware, but even if they're self-aware, they can't, they don't have the discipline bar to, to be able to escape that. So what advice would you give them to, to kind of get over that is from what you're saying, just to interact with real people that give you good nutritional content. Totally. Okay. That, that, that's, that's really what it is. It's having the right amount of good people, people who, who optimize you. People, people are our ultimate source of energy, I think. I think so. And when I say I think, I'm like, I know. Because <laughs> we are what we eat and uh, through the microbiome. And okay, all so environment, people is a huge thing. So let me transition to that. What would you say to the people that are like, oh, but I can't leave my best friends. You know, we've been best friends for 17 years. Or like, I still live at home. Or like my mom, my dad, my sister. Uh, you know, I can't just tell them to fuck off. Yeah. So your advice would be? Well, in the wise words of Donnie Dekas, did you, did you throw that up so I can swing it out of the park? Absolutely. If he dies, he dies. Yeah. It's hard enough to get your own shit in order. Yeah. Worrying about other people who are not where you're at or don't find it as important mm-hmm. 
that's fine. Let them do their thing. If they're even telling you this, it's kind of just because they want to tell you what you want to hear. But they have no real desire to create those boundaries because to create boundaries with people that you love uh, is stressful. It's anxiety inducing. It's a, it's a, it's a stimulus, not a stimulus, but it's a challenge. Like it's not easy to say, you know what, uh, mom, can you try not calling me three times a day? Yeah, that's tough. Let's talk once a day or let's talk every three days. And I'm just giving an example. No, but that, that's a great example. So some people, number one, they're taught never to even question what, what your parents are saying. Number two, that could be seen as disrespectful. And number three, some people just don't like confrontation or... or just, confrontation, yeah, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. But if you respect yourself and you want to be the best version of yourself, I believe truly that everyone around you will benefit if you're the best version of yourself. But if you're just taking it, from all angles, all the time. <laughs> You're not going to be the best version of yourself. And people are just going to be fucking, they call you when this, they call you when they have a problem. They fuck her. Like you're just, you're just a, a, a punching bag for them. And why would you spend time with people who don't respect you? It means you don't respect yourself. And I think there's a lot of people who don't respect themselves. And because it, it's a difficult thing, but I think it's a muscle you can build because it, it just means that it's not like you're shutting them out or throwing them out. It's just like you can have a rational conversation. And sometimes when you have rational conversations, uh, it's difficult for people to digest yeah. because it's so out of the norm to say something that is not fluffy. Whereas, you know, people talk shit behind back, behind the back. But when you're face to face, it's very difficult to, to have confrontation. Yeah. But if you do that, you'll earn the respect of the other person They'll be mindful of their interactions with you and other people. So you're going to benefit them in the long run. Yeah. And I think it's, you just got to do it, but not everyone can. So fuck them. <laughs> what do I want to tell you? On, on that note, so you're right. Not everybody can. And the more you kind of continue to not respect yourself, you're going to get minus, 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 minus up until some point. I think most people will either hit rock bottom or just kind of stay in the zone of like, below uh, mediocrity. So if you hit rock bottom, the only way technically to go is up or you just stay down uh, the entire time. For yourself, have was there ever a moment where you kind of hit like rock bottom-ish and you're like, oh, fuck this. I, I, I got to start respecting myself even more than, than I do right now. Um, I don't think I ever had a problem with, uh, with setting boundaries. Yeah. Like I, I just, I always really did. But it was more about, um, I, I was my, always my biggest, uh, not villain, but my biggest challenge. But, so wait, your question was, did, you did ever, I hit a rock bottom? Yeah. Or was there a moment where like, wow, this is unacceptable. I need to fucking do something different here. Where Def, it's, definitely when I was like drinking and partying all the time. Yeah, yeah. My body was starting to give out. I didn't feel good. I was f- out of shape, looked like shit, felt like shit. I didn't like what I was doing. And uh, I made a decision to just like change it up. I said, if I want to change what I'm doing in life and I want to grow, um, at the time I was, I was in a business, I had to lead by example. And I can't lead by example if I'm fucking hungover, if I look like shit, yeah. if my brain is 30% there. 
So that was just the beginning of it. I'm like, I just had it with myself. So I'm good at just like turning things on or off. But that's that's just how I am because I, I really don't accept very much from myself. Like I have a high standard. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if if I'm appalled by something, I, I take drastic measures. And that's uh, that's the way I that's the way I go about it. How about you? Was there a rock bottom in terms of uh, confrontation or respect for yourself or others? Or not really? Being I think taken uh, advantage of. I I don't know that there was a rock bottom, but there's always and everyone's built differently. Like I'm not like literally. I think everyone's built, or there's like maybe eight to ten profiles in terms of how people are built. And I think I'm more balanced, but there's definitely moments where it's like okay, time to time to go the other way. So. I can't think of a specific example, but uh, yeah, actually, no, there's, there's been like career changes. That's, I think that's what most people go through where they're like in a relationship that they're unhappy, whether it be with their career or with their loved ones or with their family. That's just like, to me, the only way to do it is just got to turn on and off. There's no magic sauce to it. There's no secret formula. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we may give ourselves maybe too much credit yeah. Because I think like if anyone would be in your shoes or yeah. anyone would be in my shoes with the amount of data or experiences, the same choice would be made. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like no matter what no matter what I would have done that yeah. or anyone in my shoes would have done that, I think. So does that mean everyone is doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Like and everyone's on their own journey at a specific time? Mm-hmm. Cuz let's say you change your career and I did the same too. Because it reached a point where it was no longer serving us. Mm-hmm. And the, the pros or the cons far outweighed the pros. So it was, it was not even a decision. It was like, okay, next, let's, let's move, let's go. But maybe, it's, maybe we just have a lot of those movements because like, not that they're extreme moves or big moves, but I always take leaps mm-hmm. and those leaps let me hit a wall faster. Yeah. Like I, I, I go full in. I think you are, I think you're the same way too. You don't half-ass your decision. No. You commit. And so every time I've ever committed, it led me a, a certain direction and then much closer to my next leap onto whatever I was doing. So on that note, I would say that maybe we're not different, but you know what we do have? Because on the ca- counterbalance of discipline, the, you know, the discipline gas tank or whatever you want to call it, there's also a confidence gas tank, which allows us to make those leaps, Right. So I think most people, the more they make a decision on a daily or weekly basis uh, that reflect kind of them not respecting themselves, they lose kind of confidence points. So it's kind of like a video game or anything else, like, or even in sports, right? Like if your confidence level is much higher, you know, you can snipe it from, from this angle uh, into top, top cheese, let's say. Yeah. Not every player, every player might be able to have the ability to do it, but the confidence kind of tank is what differentiates everybody. And so what do you think that comes from? What what do you think makes that player better than the other player? It's it's just um, that's that opposite of disrespecting yourself. So like, let's say yourself. Not that I hate comparing. Well, not that I hate, but let's say you're an MJ or a Kobe or or Gretzky or yourself. Really, the differentiator is that maybe you just have more in your confidence tank, which is the opposite of the I don't respect myself tank. That's like, like you're okay to live with the results. I'm just gonna do it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay. To, I'm gonna live after whether I make this shot or I don't make this shot. If I if I sell my company or I leave this job, I'm okay with whatever is gonna happen afterwards. 
Because you have that belief in yourself. Yeah. Like I can rebound from anything. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I understand it's a bigger leap. It's, but you have that confidence and does that confidence come from, is it in your genes? Is it from your environment growing up? Is it from your friends? Is it an innate thing? Who really knows? It just is what it is. Well, yeah, we can get into those topics. But to me, I think there's an invisible number right here that says, oh, 74 right now. 74 out of 100, confidence level. Um, and maybe to be able to do these crazy moves, I need 92. I need 95. To be able to leave my relationship or just make a drastic decision or even be able to tell my parents or my loved ones, hey, um, I'm not going to see you tonight or I don't really feel like having this conversation right now. That that. You need confidence points, I think. Oh, and you think that that builds you up? Yeah, yeah. That like that self-respect meter. Yeah, yeah. It has an effect on on making you more confident. Absolutely. So every time you exercise that muscle, it yeah. gets bigger. Yes. And that is what's going to allow you to make that free throw attempt or that that three pointer. Think about it. It's, it's everything. It makes sense for sports. It makes sense for shows. Like. You know, when we watched people do these crazy guitar solos and we're like, I did not fuck up one thing. And he was doing backflips at the same time. Like, how? And that's because either practice. Yeah. Like you said, of course he put in the work. Yeah. He's been doing it. And yeah, that's another thing is practice. Yeah. It's, but yeah. How many times have you done this thing? Yeah. But you know, when they say like, oh, that person had cojones, like you watch F1, right? Like arguably other than skill and the car and everything, there's, Lewis Hamilton, and then there's everyone else. And, you know, from your brother, he always says the difference is that this guy has the cojones to make some decisions that these people um, would not. Sure. So, yeah, it's it's not as black and white in F1 because sure. Lewis has a, has a car that is unreal. Yeah, yeah. But let's say, like, another guy like him, like Verstappen. Okay. If Verstappen was in Lewis's car, there would be very, very similar things happening. Uh, Lewis has much more wisdom and experience, and he's he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, they have something that the rest of the guys don't. Or, or the guys who are the greats, yeah. they will take that extra inch. They will go for it. They will, they will see that small gap. And nine out of 10 people would never do that because it's fucking insane. Yeah. But they believe it and they do it. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. That's what we love to watch. Absolutely. That's what... Actually, All great sports are. And now to think about it, I've actually been through that transformation, not by myself, but because I've, I've mentored and I still do mentor some kids. And I've seen that evolution of, you know, people that have, let's say, no confidence points to now like a super high level and they just change completely as individuals. And you, you get that through, you know, practice, but also I've seen it from get that pat in the back of someone that has a lot of confidence points. Like we give confidence points all the time to individuals that don't have as much. So you as think us. that we can actually give. Yes. Them. Which goes back to what I think that's what drives you to have these conversations with people in the morning. You're giving them confidence and vibe points. It's like, wow. So I'm transferring vibes. Absolutely. Is the way you see it. Yes. And right. so, and so just so everyone knows here on the podcast, you have, you've restarted Totem Academy. Yes. Totem Academy. You've been, you ran for years, yeah, and this was mentoring for what, like eighteen plus kids? Yeah, kids from seventeen to to, to twenty four that um, you know share the same beliefs as I do, which is always questioning yourself, and um, you know trying I, to beat the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. And growing up from an Asian family, you know, you you don't get that many confident, 
you know, you don't get that many points and, and vibe points when, when you grow up, everything's very disciplined and whatnot. And, um, you know, as we grow up, I had you as a friend that gave me a million confidence points. And, um, all I wanted to do was kind of replicate that model for, for, for other individuals as well. And so, well, and thank you. And you, you've also given it right back like yeah. the whole way through, yeah. like this podcast was essentially because you said, you know what, you should do it. You should go for it. Sure. And I did it. I think that was two weeks ago, two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And then boom, here we are, set this room up, ready to go. Let's go. And on, on that note, like a little segue, this is yours. Uh, these mics are yours. <laughs> I, I think I, I, always, I need to write you a check. It's all the same. Okay. <laughs> it's all the same. Well, perfect. Yeah. Because you were in this place before. Yeah. So Totem was here before. Yes. And uh, I took over the lease and set it up as time travel headquarters. Yeah. And uh, all the shit we didn't need, we got rid of. But this, all the stuff that was super cool, yeah. like this podcast room with all the podcast gear, it was here and I just kept it. So thank you. Hey, thank you. So back to, back to Totem Academy. What in the transformations of these kids who came in because they were just interested in learning something or seeing how they can, I don't know, what, what, what did these kids come in for? Sure. So um, being a genius of marketing, if I, the, the ultimate goal behind Totem Academy was just to, now that I think of it and having this conversation, I never really thought about it, was just to give confidence points to the kids because the more confident they are, the more the better decisions they're going to be able to make, such as um, you know not spending a million dollars or their entire income on bottles at clubs. Uh, yeah, but that's sick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is you know what most teenagers do, or just investing in things that they didn't need beyond money, just make bad decisions, be with the wrong you know girlfriend or boyfriend. So in the back end is to get to teach these kids life lessons and to be able to, for them to increase their level of confidence. Obviously I can't sell that. If I tell that to anybody, put it on a website, no one's going to come. No. So what do you tell them? I said, uh, my first initial pitch was, um, make a hundred thousand dollars within a year at okay. 18 and 19. Okay. Yeah. And how close did you get to that with, uh, with your students? hundred percent. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. There's some that either got a very nice job or some that started their own businesses. And throughout that process, they realized it was never about the money. It was just um, the ability to do something they love and ultimately become a lot more confident than they were. So did you give them the confidence to actually get started? Because I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. It's like to just go. Yeah, go. So they've got to go, but also you're very rational, data-minded. Yeah. And... You look at things and you can pull out information that we don't really think about on a daily basis. Yeah. Because you can say, okay, uh, how many hours did you spend in a week doing this or that? How much money did you spend in a week? And then you multiply it by 12, you multiply it by five. Yeah. And then you say, this is how much you're going to spend in five years and this and that. And they're just bullshitting themselves. Yeah. And they, they're totally unaware that they could be putting their funds towards moving out because living at home is not really conducive to a growth mind. 100%. It doesn't really make you proud, mm -hmm. you know, to live with your parents who give you shit all day, who are not necessarily experts of anything. Yeah. Yet their confidence level, because you are small, is supreme. Yeah. I, I'd say no one has more confidence than idiots. <laughs> That's true. Because if they, if they didn't have confidence and they knew how dumb they were, they'd just kill themselves. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The truth. 
So I, I think that's what keeps the organism alive. Yeah. Because we're just like a, a network. It's like, oh, if you're low in this, give it high on this. So, and who's the, who's to say that? Idiot. I, I can be an idiot. But <laughs> whatever helps propagate the species further. Yeah. So who's to say? Maybe it's uh, reproduction is better. The more confidence and the less intelligence you have. You know. If you, I don't know if you, this can be controversial, but if you look around, the people who reproduce the most. Are not as my mom says, uh, that that papi no. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. But you get these kids going, you get them started, you get them yeah. in the zone, and and so now phase two of totem is starting. Yeah. Or is it? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I have the insider information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But just like this podcast, you just gotta go. And that's the number one lesson when you go to Totem is that just go. You'll figure out. Um, along the way, there's not one individual in the world today that knows their paths exactly how it's supposed to be. And the only way to know is just go. So there's not one individual that knows exactly, you know, their their next 10 years to 20 years, exactly day by day. But there's a lot of people that don't do anything, that just don't move because of the fear of uh, the future and everything else. So what I'm trying to teach, super, super simple, just go. Just go and you're and you're giving them those vibe points and you're even whatever you're teaching them yeah, yeah. is making them feel better about themselves. Yeah, yeah. But maybe being part of the class, maybe having a good environment or good people that they're dealing with is actually on a subconscious level building them up and giving them so like maybe the stuff you teach them is actually like second place to the community, the oh. communal aspect of of what they're getting from let's say totem. Yeah. And and it's so hard if you don't have the right people around you to see anything but a negative uh, simulated future mm-hmm. based on your scenario. Yeah. Like I do this all the time where it's like, oh no, I'm not going to do this because that'll happen. But that's one possible outcome yeah. out of out of an, an infinite infinite possibilities. Yes. So to say that you know which one's going to happen is fucking dumb because uh, uh, there's no way that's going to happen. 100%. And... Uh, we can get into this, but you have this theory that w- this is an avatar and within this avatar, um, there's a whole company or individuals inside us kind of running the ship, correct? Yeah. Well, I, look, I wouldn't sure. say it's a, it's a theory. Sure, sure. I would yeah. say it's a, uh, I like to imagine this idea because it allows me to understand myself and others more. Yeah. But yeah, like this vessel that we live in is like a, it's like a machine or a company and our microbiome, all the microbes on the inside that like are symbiotically working with us have a lot of say in how we function. Including every interaction that you have with someone on social media or in person, right? And that's how I see it. So, And when you're a kid or a young adult, it's going to be even more um, easy to be influenced. So let's say my decision or my equivalent of pushing this button and this rocket launching is, okay, should I take this career path or this um, this career path, or should I buy this house, or should I move, should I invest, should I do this, should I hook up with this girl or guy? These are all micro decisions, and those interactions are all being done just like you know in a business in a committee. There's one shot caller, but at the end of the day, you still have a board. So imagine in your board, it's all people saying, eh, "I don't think we should do this." Nope, 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 nope. Where, where do you think? your subconscious is going to end up voting in the end. You're going to just follow whatever your environment is. Yeah, because it's, it's overbearing. It's, it, it becomes you. 
So that little voice in your head or your one true voice yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is extinguished. Dead. Like, so they say the 5% of our thoughts and motivations are conscious yeah. and then 95% are subconscious in nature. Yeah. The way I see it is our environment makes up that 95. Mm-hmm. So the only way to really control this vessel is to be mindful of our environment yeah. because that's what's going to like program our subconscious mind. Yes. So if we have a, like a surrounding environment of people who are not aligned with us, yeah then we're never going to get an outcome we want because we'll never we'll always get vetoed every fucking time which is the worst it's the worst but are you always have you always been aware of that um are people generally aware of that no i don't think people are are generally aware of that especially when you're a kid which is why my mission was just to remove as many no's within their environment and let's say you have 5 to 4 let's say you have four, five yes people that are like minded that are just super positive they believe in you well, those five people are going to kill the bad bacterias that are just always voting against you. Yeah. So my, my thought was like, okay, let's say there's a committee of 10 within each kid. If I can just help them surround them themselves to pass that you know, 51%, we're good to go. So you're giving them an opportunity, you're giving them an opportunity to, to take control of their vessel Yes. because they otherwise don't know how. And you're not telling them this literally. Yeah. Like in our conversations, I'm like, I'm pretty sure our environment programs us to want to stay in place how can we program it with people or bacteria or whatever the hell it is that wants to turn this machine on to go? Yeah. And so they don't even know this, but by encouraging them, by teaching them, by making them feel proud of themselves, yeah. it's like you've turned the ignition on in their machine and they're fucking ripping now. Mm-hmm. And they just go. Yeah. And that's a, I love that approach because you're not even explaining to them how they work. You just, you're, you're giving them what they want. Yeah. You're Trojan horsing them, but in the way that, like they signed up for this outcome. Yeah. And you're like, you're, okay, you'll get this outcome, but they don't know the, the metrics of what you're doing. Of course, the not. mechanics. No, nor should they. I, I, no, it's useless. Yeah. So that's why it's like, that's why I don't argue with people all that much. If I have to set a boundary, I will, but I don't really argue with someone's beliefs because I know that those beliefs are ingrained <sighs> by systems great, far greater than anything that I can convince them of. It's and a, it's not my business because my reality is as true as their reality. But I know that my outlook or my view is based on my surroundings and my environment. But I know this, so I can call bullshit on my thoughts. Very cool. But it's very hard to tell someone that there's a possibility that their thoughts might not be theirs. That's a tough one. And especially, like you see this with the people who are really proud about their their character, their ego, their yeah. whoever, whatever persona they play. They don't know it's a persona. They think that's them. Yeah. But you put them in city X, they become that. You put them in city Y, now they're city Y. And it's it's just a, that's why I don't, I always used to want to spend my time trying to explain to people my perspective or see what they can do and all that, trying to help people. That's fucking bullshit. Like I said earlier, I'm only trying to help myself. Yeah. Because I know if I help myself, I'm, I'm going to be less of a shithead and I will vibrate at a, at a better I don't know, frequency. But someone, for me to go up to someone who says, I don't know, something, something that perhaps I can try to convince them of otherwise is a waste of time. It's it's a complete waste because understanding, you know, that thought experiment, it's not a theory. It's so the input theory, it's more of a thought experiment. Sure. You know, just for the science people out there, not a theory, but- Fuck them. Yeah, whatever it is. It's allowed me to understand people. Even if it's totally wrong, 
I can make an interaction pleasant with someone that I don't necessarily have anything in common with. Because I know that they're just part of their environment. I'm part of mine. We're both vessels. We're both downloading shit. Mm -hmm. So I can let people win an argument. I can say, yeah, you're right. And not really care. Because I know that we are merely vessels downloading our environments. And that's... uh, that's been a big source of like the TikTok videos that I'm making. Yeah. It's like, are your thoughts your own or this? Or like uh, humans became self-aware at this time. All of that is just trollage mm-hmm. of what we are now and what we fail to see essentially. But that's why I love making music. Because music is how I can communicate a message or a vibe uh, to people regardless of their environment or their ego or their this and that because it's something that is not putting into question their belief system it's just vibes it's just like pure vibes without a without a uh, without a name or without a a category because as soon as there's categories people start to identify well i'm this and i'm not that and that and music is well other than genre is pretty categoryless you know yeah yeah so that's why I feel like it's the only way I can really communicate is through music or art. That's why I do all this this future stuff because I, I want to talk about society or not politics, but like just the world. If I place it a few hundred years in the future, just like any great sci-fi or any tale from long ago, yeah, it's always the same variables. Like we haven't evolved. Yeah, we're we're exactly the same. But like, just like Star Trek, if you put the story in a different world, then you can say exactly what you want to say about present day. And people are cool with it. They like it. But if you say something about the present moment, you, you, you get division. You get people to battle you because you're not this or you're that. Would you say you're pretty good at reading people? I'd say I, I yeah. am, yeah. Is it like, do you have an, like a vibe meter or are you just like you, you've seen... Uh, enough of a variety that you can pinpoint like, oh yeah, that person is. Um, I'm not sure. It's not like a, a vibe. Like you can always feel if someone's like a pure joy and it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to be a fucking expert to know that someone in the room is like looking for a fight yeah, yeah. or, you know, you say something and you see how they react and it's, it's about like in real time, how can you adjust? Like, obviously we don't have a Gary or a young Jamie, but like, I don't know why I want to do this experiment, but why not? What experiment? Let's say he was to pull up pictures of like 10 Instagram girls. Could you pinpoint which ones literally have no confidence and which ones are like, okay, uh, this person is sure of themselves? Oh, I don't know. That'd be pretty tough. Yeah. I'd say, well, Instagram, because I pictured immediately Instagram models. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's Well, like to choose 10 Instagram models to see which ones have... No, like I meant in your like people reading skills. Are you able to look at a picture or just a video and be like... I, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. It's more like on a, on a a person vibe. And so that's why I think it's, it's not that great of a skill. Yeah. It's just in the moment you can, you can just read. And so it's more about saying, Oh, I see, I can see how this person thinks. Yeah. And I know how to gauge myself so that at the end of whatever interaction we have, it's a good one. Yeah. I know if someone's, I can feel if they're going to be sensitive about this or that. I'm not going to bring that shit up because I want to have a positive experience. I want to make them feel good. 
if they talk about something that I don't really give a shit about, I'll tell them, oh, you know, that's a great point. That's excellent. Because I want to I want to come out of whatever interaction I have on a good note. Like if an Uber driver is telling me about his radical political view. Yeah. I'm not going to say, no, no you're no. fucking wrong, you savage. No, no. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, oh, you know what? You have a point, my friend. Because at the end of the day, I want that five-star rating. I don't want to go to war with my Uber driver who's yeah, just yeah. a nice guy who's listening to the fucking news and just repeating what he hears. You know? Yeah, 100%. So that's why it's... When people who, who let's say, like conspiracies or, or like like uh, an alternative source of information or media or whatever and take on the idea that they need to convince everyone that their alternative source of information is like the right one, mm-hmm. they fail to understand this equation, this thought experiment, that we are, the more I watch of something, the more I want to watch it. Yeah. It's just how it is. It's a very simple fucking algorithm. The machine. The machine wants more of what you give it. We are the machine. And so anyone who tries to convince someone boldly to do something, it just doesn't get how they work. My brother is always, like, it's taken me a while to figure this out, yeah. to not get, like, worked up about it. Because now I don't. I get it. I, I've, I've visualized it. I understand it. But my brother has always got this. So when he, when he speaks to someone who he knows is going to... Uh, get triggered by something or is, is going to take offense to everything or whatever the hell it may be. He just acts like a total idiot. Like he, he lowers his IQ by like 70% so that this person will never want to talk to them again. It's like he immediately burns a bridge yeah, yeah. in terms of, and not being ru- never rude just yeah. by like, Oh, this guy's an idiot. Like, Oh, I don't want to talk to him. And he's always done stupid faces and made weird noises. And it's just how he rolls. Sick. He's far wiser than I am. We need a screen. I think live Q&A would be cool too. Live Q&A? Yeah. Yeah, but that would probably be a different thing. It wouldn't be the show. Sure. Because during the show, I think that would be... I, I see that more as like a live. Sure. No, yeah, a live. It would have to... Well, it have to be live. Mm-hmm. This is not... Li- well, it's live, but we're not going to edit this down and auto-tune it or anything. But... Uh, so what else? What else, Trent? I call you Lockie. Yeah. I like, I like Lockie, but we used to be in a band together. We did. For many years. Many, many years. Many years we jammed every Saturday. Yeah. Every, see, we moved. We used to spend time every Saturday. Now it's every Sunday. We're getting older. But you used to play guitar. Yeah. You used to make beautiful sounds. And uh, what can you tell me about uh, the musical world that we used to live in? It was uh, really cool. It was uh, back in the days when, I guess, rock, pop punk, metal, and power pop was, was, was a thing. Yeah, like so. This was the heyday of like, um, Blink. Yeah, maybe Blink had just started slowing down by then. Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, Good Charlotte. Good Good Charlotte was yeah. was taking taking uh, Bill and Steam all time low. Yeah, uh, I didn't really listen to them. Never had anything against. I think they came a little after. Yeah, but there was just like when rock music was like even the Killers and, and oh, things yeah, like the that. Killers like, were amazing. The Strokes, just, the there's, Hives. There's so many good bands. So yeah. And so we were in that world, yeah. and we just wanted to play rock and roll. Absolutely. Other than the Saturday um, jams that we had, I had absolutely no discipline. <laughs> okay, sure. Like in, in life, it, I had no life experience. I didn't know anything. It's yeah. before I was working. I, th- I think you were working. At well, the, I, I, I had just started working. Sure. So yeah. I guess that taught me. Yeah. That started. To th- but I never, 
even after when the band went a little more electro, I didn't have the right, uh, I think, life experience to really pursue that properly. Yeah. Even though I'm old as shit now, I feel like I'm much more capable of pursuing music in a in a mature way than than back in the day. Because back in the day, there was no. It was just a disaster. I was fucking drunk all the time. It was. You were bringing like all your cousins, so yeah. there'd be like forty cousins there. Yeah, yeah. In the show, looked like we were playing in uh, what's a city in Vietnam? Big uh, city. Uh, kind of Hanoi. Yeah. Yeah. So we were definitely playing yeah. in Hanoi every yeah, yeah. every show. Sure. With these beautiful Vietnamese, the beautiful Vietnamese crowd. But um, I don't think our band ever really changed, though. So hear me out. We may not be all. In the band, mm-hmm. you're not playing guitar anymore. My brother's not playing drums. Harara's not on bass. But it's essentially the same crew, right? Like, we're still in the same universe. We're still, you know, encouraging each other and, like, working together on multiple different things. But yeah. just, it's a different product. Like, I'm making music. Yeah, I'm still making music. I'm still writing songs. I love it. But we're like a new kind of band. It's a different band, you know. Absolutely, and uh, it's a it's it's like a it's like a crew. I think back then it was more of an ego thing. Like, hey, we want to be rock stars. The music was fantastic, and we each had kind of our avenue to express our art, right? So, what was yours? Magical sounds, or like yeah. out of the box magical sounds. Yeah, magical and. Yeah, you were very like uh, visual and expressive. You always had a cool outfit. You always made the most beautiful leads. Yeah. Like those verse two leads were always hype. Sure. They were yeah. always, you had the delay pedals. You created a, a sonic landscape that, because I'm a meat potatoes kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, chords, melody. It's going to be very strong. Very strong. Yeah. But I always work with people who, and now I'm just realizing this right now, who, who refine the sound, who, who, who bring beauty or balance to it. And that's that's what you did. Yeah. My brother has more finesse than me as well. And he was he had more finesse as a drummer than I did as a guitar player, but but yeah, you brought that beauty. You were uh so maybe not in rock music, am I able to kind of provide that same uh love for Easter eggs and ear candy? But uh I just apply those same skills that I learned through music. <clears throat> In the business world or just in my personal life. So what'd you learn in music that you could apply to business world? Um, well, how we learn music other than, you know, just jamming every Saturday. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember, but there was this application called Guitar Pro where you can literally... Do I recall it? We used get, to write symphonies on that shit. Absolutely. So I realized that it's basically just a glorified Excel sheet that you just move notes around and it's like, oh, hey, um, you can write music through there as well. It's not very conventional, but... It works. You can collaborate. You can collaborate. We could write shit that we couldn't play. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So kind of through that, um, I learned that there's not necessarily just one formula or one linear way to go about it. And so I kind of apply that through all the life lessons that I I try to teach. Um, You know, same thing with video games, same thing through the business world. Like it doesn't necessarily mean... Short answer, what music taught me is that one plus one equals three, or it doesn't always equals two. Okay. But did you also develop showmanship that you never had before? Sure, yeah. Because you take great pride in your presentations. Yeah. In the, like you, take, 
you take your, your customers or your fellow employees on a journey, on a ride. Yeah. And do you, when I met you, you were, you were a, a full of, full of spunk, young, you know, like yeah, yeah. trolling, troll God kind of guy. Yeah. But I don't, I didn't see you necessarily as like a, a showman or an extrovert guy. Like I'm, I would talk out loud. I would say that shit. I was always kind of yeah. spicy. But in playing shows, did it give you that confidence? Uh, did it give you that ability to capture someone's attention, or, or was it totally non-related? No. So it's um, it's not so much the showmanship because growing up, you know, when you watch superhero movies, or I watched a lot of wrestling. So, and if you watch wrestling, it's because at some point of time in your life, you want to become a wrestler. No one watches wrestling and doesn't think, "Oh shit, I want, I don't want to do that one day." Okay, so you thought you wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah, 100%. Anyone that watches wrestling, whether you're a guy or a girl, at some point you had to have imagine yourself, oh, me walking down the ramp or jumping off the top rope or, or, or something like that. I guess this is why I know I've never been a wrestling fan <laughs> because at no point ever did I want to be a wrestler. There you go. Did I want to be Sergei Fedorov? Yeah, yeah. One million percent. Exactly. But, okay, so hockey was like wrestling for you. Yes. So... um. Wrestling is all about drama and capturing the audience attention, good or bad. So going back to my point is that I always had that internal showmanship uh, within myself. And what music taught me or playing in a band with you wasn't the showmanship aspect of it, was to understand roles and characters within um, a situation. So within a band or within a company. So my role within Vista Cruiser, the band that we had, wasn't to be the showman because we already have an alpha showman over there. So my role was to be more of the mysterious guy in the back doing the air can. Exactly, right? Um, That works, but in a role where you're like in a business setting and there's no alpha A player, well, got to change role and got to change character. Same Same thing like in wrestling where you might have a guy that evolves from a quiet guy to the number one A player, you got to learn how to speak, to, to grab the mic and shoot a promo. So less about the showmanship, I think I always had. I think if yeah, you, I guess you lost right. your voice, hey, I got to do, I got to step in for that one show and sing or just step in that role. So to me, it really taught me more the understanding of uh, positions and roles within the That's company. That's very interesting because you're a master of that. You're a master of understanding like you say, I know how to read people. I think I know how to read per- people as well as anyone can read people. Sure. But you understand a personality type and where in an organization they can fit properly. Yeah. Like you're all about like asking people or understanding how people tick and saying, oh, you could fit here and you're there. And the reason you're not performing in this situation is because you're wired for this situation. 100%. And you do that all day long. You're just really efficient at doing that. All day long. All day. And so that comes from watching a lot of wrestling where I read the room, I read the ring. Okay, even in the tag team match, there's two people. Everyone has a certain role. And same thing when we go out. Like when I'm, you know, being a boss at work, my job is to be a leader, to be vocal, to speak, to be harsh, to be, you know, to be that alpha male um, voice. When I go out with you guys, like there's no chance I'm going to out talk yourself or your brother, but I play my role and it fits in perfectly within the situation it's absolutely true because like we're we're loud and we're we're making noise and we're yeah i totally get totally get it and you you compliment you you go into that complimentary role where 
we'll be I'll be ripping dad jokes all night, but then you'll say something in an opportune moment that is just gonna blow everyone away. Or, and you're the cherry on top. You or know? by not saying anything will have as much impact, oh, if totally. not more, than by saying something. Because you understand this the dynamics. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And I guess it's the same with me. Let's say I'm doing something with my brother and he is the, the, the contact. He's the point of interest. Yeah. I'm merely his sidekick. I'm there to hold his bag. Mm-hmm. And I think that ability to adapt in different environments is a skill and a skill that requires self-awareness and the ability to put your ego aside. Yeah. Because it's understanding like as a whole, is this unit going to create the most impact? Mm-hmm. And if, if we're all fighting for territory, then we're going to destroy the output of vibes, let's say in this restaurant. Like that, like we go to tuck shop all the time. Yeah. And our, our output, I would say, benefits the restaurant. But if you and I were like at odds with each other, we wouldn't be outputting such good vibes into the restaurant. Then no one would like to deal with us. Yeah. That's very interesting. It's cool stuff. That's fucking sick. It is really, really cool. And I love going out with you guys because, and just being, and we've been out in any type of scenario, whether it be like literally business scenarios, business meetings, tough meetings, or just wild nights out from shield restaurants to, to literally everything. But the dynamic stays the same because it's formula that works. And I, I know it because for some people that have seen me throughout the years, but I've never said a word to, and later on, um, you know, through your contacts or through your network, they reach out to me to ask for help. And then once they, they meet me, they're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> like you're a machine. Yeah. And so they wouldn't have been able to read that. Um, because they caught you in a different setting. Yeah. In a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's very, very interesting. I never, I never put myself in your perspective in that way. I guess I, I knew it because I, I know that you've always been a killer. Yeah. No matter what you do, you use your data, you do you use your ability to use your, uh, your presentations mm-hmm. and you close, you always close and you make shit happen. And that's like fucking pure boss moves. And I, I know that about you. Yeah. But I never thought that when we, and I know when we hang out, you're like, you're quiet and you do this like in a restaurant setting or like a party setting. But now, now I get it, but I never really thought about it. Yeah. Because it just comes naturally. It, just gel, yeah. it comes naturally and it just gels. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, uh, it's a fucking mad skill, brother. No, it's, it's, it's cool. And I, it's, it's funny to see the interactions even, um, you know, when, when, uh, one cat, hangs out with us like it's a different dynamic so i i I gotta adjust as well right oh yeah because you with cat alone yeah probably much different than you and cat and me yeah or even just you and i right even uh, um, a third person changes the interaction so it's cool to always uh want to adapt but it makes it makes it fun because i think the goal is always to to make it as pleasurable for everyone as possible Right, like for ourselves and each other, like we always want. It's not like if we hang out with Cat, we're not gonna just talk me and you and ignore her. No, no. I don't know. Maybe you would, but <laughs> because you have this ongoing joke that you don't have that kind of relationship. No, but I, I think even if we did, she would appreciate that, and she would just observe as a fan because I, I legit think that she is a fan, and also this interaction, like we're so used to it every single day yeah. that for any third person, they would just sit and listen and watch all day long. And I, I, I really love when I'm 
And I think it's super important when you're having a conversation with someone and there's someone who is there who's not like we've known each other like 20 years. Yeah. So she's newer to the equation and I know her less. But when there's an outsider, I always make a point to to make sure that that person feels as included in what's going on as possible. Yeah. Because there's nothing I find worse than when people ignore new people in the room yeah, or other people in the room. You know, you, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm thinking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking, you have to like everyone at the table, you got to know that they are, they're in a nervous situation. They're, they're, they're in a, they're in a place where they don't feel at home necessarily. So it's our job to make sure that they feel as fucking good as possible. Yeah. At least in my, in my mind, that's of the utmost importance. Yeah. And I don't just do it to like for them to like me. It's just I like I'll throw zingers. I'll I'll make you know I'll make dirty jokes. It's all in good intentions. Yeah, because everyone should be part of this 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 world. Yeah, it shouldn't just be. Look, if you're if you have a seat at the table, no matter with if that's digitally or literally physically, you got to provide some sort of value, or you're you're, you're part of the game. You're part of the game. Yeah. But you can provide that value by being silent as well. Yeah, so. and I usually take that role on, like maybe because I've I've been the one maybe hosting things or yeah for a long time. But I feel like as a host or as an MC, I it's like kind of like my job to make sure that even the bus boy, even like whoever it is, it feels like they're part of this story that we're telling. Yeah. You know that they're the part, show. Yeah, they're part of this show. And then when they next time you see them, they're pumped up to see you. And you're pumped up to see them. And it's just like a, a beautiful thing. And it just makes for great relationships and, and great vibes all around. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking good stuff. Fellow time traveler. What is a time traveler? Fucking how many minutes now? 70 minutes into the podcast? 70 minutes into the podcast. and we haven't First missed. mention of the time traveler. Yeah. And I, I, I just threw it out there because I knew we haven't spoken about it. I needed a, new, I needed a good segue. Yeah. You know, I'm still new at this, uh, fellow time travelers. Well, what is a time traveler? I think it's a person who has these kinds of discussions, yeah. really. Obviously, I say time travel is the, is the philosophy of infinite possibility, which it is. But what it is, really, it's just like a person who's introspective, a person who thinks about things, a person who wants to analyze their own data and improve. And I think most people want to do that. I think most people are interested in, in getting better and improving and being more efficient with their, their time mm-hmm. and being more gentle with their words or more thoughtful of others. So that's what the time travel thing is. But why, why time travel? Well, we're a vessel. I think we're a time machine. It's all a metaphor. It's a metaphor for personal growth. But in my music, I chose to, to embark on this, this journey of uh, a sci-fi image. Yeah. Um, so... Before we go there, sure. why do you always say everything is always a metaphor? Is it because you're scared to face like the scientists or like no, not uh, the, not the scientists, and it's not really scared. It's it's more. I want to be clear, yeah, because I I don't know. I made like sixty or seventy videos on TikTok, yeah, yeah. and the amount of people, yeah, who tell me that I'm not a time traveler, yeah. clearly have not understood that I'm trolling. That this is. A metaphor. That's it. What if they're just idiots? Because here's my, 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 you know me. I'm a yeah. black and white data guy. Yeah. Okay. There's an 18 year old kid that's supposed to go down this path 
and it's going to take him 24 years to get there. And there's this kid that takes this path, going to the same place, same outcome, and takes two years to get there. You technically save 22 years. Yeah. Is that not the actual definition of traveling through time or saving time? Well, yeah, you've traveled more efficiently. No, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, you know why I say time yeah, travel because yeah. I, I, I'm not a guy who has a fucking machine time machine, you know, yeah. who says 1985, yeah, 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 yeah. let's go. Idiots. Yes, they're, they're fucking idiots. And I think anyone who's going to listen to a long-form podcast yeah. is, is going to get it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think long-form is the, the right vessel for me because I have ideas I want to talk about. And, and if, if you can listen to something that's longer than five minutes, you probably are a fan of podcasts or you're a fan of like listening and you get it, you know? Yeah. Whereas, let's say TikTok videos... I'm pretty sure people just see the title and like comment. Yeah. So yes, I think there's a lot of fucking morons out there. I think there, yeah, there's a there's a lot of fucking morons out there. So that's what I'm saying for the morons. But um, just so no one takes me too literally. Sure. Because recently I, I've realized that there are more morons than I can realize. <laughs> so the people who I don't even think are morons are moronic. Yeah. So time travel is a fucking marketing thing. Yeah. For sure. It's it's a it's an envelope that I put on my own personal brand of self-improvement. And so there's many layers to it. So like in the music vibe, if I'm playing a show, yeah, we can have time machines and we can have lasers and we can have all kinds of shit on a very um, material level. Yeah. But as you go in and start to understand or start to learn about me and like this outfit and all this shit that I do, it's it's just to cut through. No bullshit. It's to to cut through the noise. If you see ten podcasters and they're all wearing the I don't know, Hawaiian shirts, and jeans shirts, and shit like that, and there's a guy in a space suit. Okay, I will definitely the usual suspect. Yeah, I will. I will cut through. And I really think that time travel philosophy and sci-fi and like I love Star Trek and Star Wars and Black Mirror. I just love that stuff. So why not just brand my stuff? I love it. Why not just brand it with like something that I find is interesting that allows me to be philosophical and satirical. How many uh, Marty McFly jokes have you gotten, or none? Oh, I don't know, maybe like three. That's yeah, it's pretty low, very low. Yeah, like I don't think, I don't think my my philosophy on, of future prediction predictions on TikTok is really the the vessel. Yeah, but what it showed me was that there's conversion. People are listening to music. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 almost like the beta for this podcast. It showed me okay, how will people respond to the look, the feel. And I got like pretty good, pretty decent growth for a nobody on TikTok in a spacesuit. So the physical component showed me that there's interest. The lives on TikTok were more, more indicative of people's uh, willingness to talk about consciousness or growth or, or like long form content stuff. Yeah. And so TikTok has just been another leap that I committed to that has taught me something else. And I think this podcast is is going to be the ultimate time machine, the ultimate vessel for getting just these this this shit out. You know, so cool. What are uh, some of the let's say three best podcasts you've ever listened to, or yeah. that really uh, resonate with you? Uh, Joe Rogan for sure. Yeah, because but like any specific ones, any specific ones. Yeah. Well, I love the uh, the Elon. Yeah, but I think there's two Elon ones. I love those. Uh, off the top of my head, just because I, the Elon, because you never really get him in that 
in that situation. Yeah. In in a long form, just shooting the shit with another person. Talking about what he eats. He just uh, eats steak. He's a normal guy. Like, yeah, he yeah. knows that, like, he's like, yeah, usually when I don't eat three hours before bed, I usually feel better in the morning. Mm-hmm. Basic stuff, you know, sleep well. Super interesting guy, has amazing ideas. Super legit. I think uh, I love Mike Tyson on Rogan as well. Really great. Uh, another great podcast that I listened to was called Blockbuster. Okay. And season two, I think, just started. But season one was about um, George Lucas primarily and Steven Spielberg in the 70s, mid-70s. Yeah. Spielberg was working on Jaws and Lucas was working on Star Wars. And Jaws was getting all kinds of delays and they were both young directors and they were going both going over budget and no one really believed in what they could do. And they were encouraging each other though. And Jaws came out, ended up being huge. It was like the biggest horror movie ever, biggest box office ever. And the entire time it was being like plagued with problems and plagued with like the money people just saying, yo, like, no. George Lucas, on the other hand, was the absolute worst case scenario of everything. Okay. I think he shot like 10% of the scenes that he wanted. <laughs> okay. He was, he was like, he had an anxiety attack or something. And by the end of it, the, like the week before, and don't quote me on this, but the week before he was supposed to um, release the movie, they told him that it was only going to release, like an average big movie was 1,500 theaters, for example. Oh, like in like 10 theaters yeah, or something? Yeah, you're like. getting 15 theaters. And so he had an anxiety attack. He knew he was going bankrupt. His wife was fucking losing it. And it ended up making, on a 12 to $15 million budget, it made $700 million. Holy shit. And- at least with Spielberg, people say, yeah, it's a shark movie. It's a horror movie. It's a shark movie. Elevator pitch. Easy. But this space opera that George Lucas wanted to do with talking robots and a Darth Vader yeah, yeah. and like a Millennium Falcon and planets. And it was very hard in terms of elevator pitch, especially since nothing <laughs> before that had done anything. But uh, through the adversity... And through, through doing what they really believed in and encouraging each other and being in a group that encouraged each other, mm-hmm. they, they made it happen. And even the scroll, you know, the opening scroll in uh, Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. His friends, his crew said, maybe you should have like something happen because when we watched this movie, when it started, we had no fucking idea what was going on. So for a simple reason as that, his buddies were just like, can you just like give us a paragraph about what the fuck is happening in this movie and maybe it'll have a chance? And that became iconic. Iconic. Amazing. And so that's another fantastic podcast. Rogan has, honestly, I learn stuff all the time. That's, it's, it's educational. His Ben Shapiro ones are sick. Yeah. He's always, always great hearing Ben Shapiro's almost like, what's his, his, uh, what's his theme? His um, data? Uh, no, it's uh, facts don't care about your feelings. Facts don't care. Yeah. And he's like, he's, he's brutal about it, but he makes his points. Um, yeah, you really like his... I, I always find him super interesting, but who the hell else? I like when he has like... Uh, Joey Diaz is always amazing because Joey Diaz, <laughs> in terms of political correctness or any of that shit, doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He doesn't care. And I watched like a Best of Joey Diaz the other day and it was unbelievable. This guy's savage. He's, but he, is, he, he means well. He, he has a good heart. He says nothing to really offend anybody. Just... The stuff that he says is in the category of offensive. Stuff that you can't say in public. But I think that's a beautiful thing because most people are so PC 
because they work for a PC place. Mm-hmm. Like if you work for a huge corporation, they have no choice. They have to be PC or else shareholders, stock prices, all this shit is going to... So they their persona has to be in line, right? But the beauty about like podcasts are these like independent people like Joey Diaz. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. He builds his audience online. Yeah, He does his touring, his shows, and he can have a beautiful life as an independent. He has no corporation breathing down his neck. So he can say whatever the fuck he wants, which is a very beautiful thing. And an amazing thing in the connected world because there's like five big players of like everything. So you're you're going to be in some camp and they're usually on different sides of the political spectrum or whatever the fuck. But to bring up the word niche, the power is in the niche because if you're an independent person, it takes way smaller amount of people to make to entertain and be on your side to make yeah. a living. Yeah. Than the other way around. So I think it's like it's just an amazing time to do whatever the fuck you want to do like look at these twitch streamers and these this and yeah, these yeah. only fans girls and like there's a there's a fucking market for the individual absolutely it's like the salesman who had the rolodex and you hired him because he had the rolodex well now the salesman can sell whatever the fuck he wants he doesn't have to work for tupperware yeah. you know really cool i love it so your time travel story what 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 do you think was the the biggest time travel move you ever made there's there's multiple time travel moves. Um, yeah, look, there's um, business career time traveler moves. I I'm not gonna get too much into like the details of like specific business time traveler moves, but a super underrated one was one recently. Um, was part of your environment, and I I think you can relate to um, as well is really your individual, your literally your left partner or right partner is everything. Okay. Especially for someone like you and I that has a lot of drive and wants to go somewhere. You need someone like a co-pilot that is going to be on board, not 80%, not 89%, not 50%, hundred percent, if not 120% on board, maybe even more on board than you. Yes. A hundred percent. And, um, don't learn it from me. Learn it from all the successful people that you see. There's always a co-pilot there to support them, if not take them uh, to the next level. So if, if no one can decode this, you're talking about your recent engagement. Yes, exactly. But even before the engagement, it's just finding a partner that it's people get, most people I get into relationship is because social pressure, either from their friends or their parents, because uh, they fit a certain checklist. Would right? you just to, yeah, sure. It's a little side thing. Do you even think it's social pressure that they're conscious of? Or it's just like, well, this is what I got to do. That, it's, that you know what I mean? It's not like they're one. saying, oh, I'm doing it because my grandmother wants me to. No, it's looking at their surroundings and be like, oh, shit, my cousin's getting married to a successful doctor. Um, Steve just got into a relationship. Larry just got into a relationship. Linda just got into a relationship. Larry and Linda always come into these uh, these things. They, they, they got a break from Karen, though. Like, I think Karen's going to give Linda another five to ten years like, break. So, Did Linda ever catch, maybe catch just a wave? Maybe just in our network. Because I love it. Yeah. Larry and Linda, uh, I love that. But, uh, oh, Karen, I don't want to get started with Karen because the the people who get super, who call out Karens, yes, they're the ones who are usually pretty PC, right? Yeah, yeah. 
and they like they're anti-bully, they're anti-drop the n bomb, they're mm-hmm. anti-this. Yet they're bullying these people who have different beliefs and call them Karen. Yeah. Like so on the uh, PC website, pc.com, like Karen has not yet <laughs> been put choice. in. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been put in the file. Yeah, yeah. So like they're dropping Karen all over the place. In three years, Karen will be illegal to say. 100%. You'll get canceled for saying Karen. Hundred percent. But you know, like the 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 lack of self awareness. Yeah. It's like, so someone you don't, who thinks something different from you, you're going to call them a fucking name and you're going to post videos about them pointing at them. Yeah. That's some savage shit. And you're the same person advocating for no bullying. There's some low vibration. That, that's some low vibration. Yeah, shit. that's some garbage. Every time I see one of those things, it just fucks me up. Yeah. Fucks me up. So, so going back to your time travel move, yeah, yeah. being so with someone yeah. that supports you or just helps you or just complements all of your skills literally helps you time travel. Because let's say I want to start a business or uh, you know, most people want to pursue their passion, but they can because you know, I got to have this job that brings in the income for you know, the kid's insurance and the kid's school and all that. And you have someone yapping in your ear like, well, you're going to... You're gonna do. You're gonna leave your job to to start to start playing video games. That makes no sense. Or you know, you're gonna leave your job to pursue your acting career. Or you you want to do this album that you, that that. And so, just having that yeah. person that supports you and that's willing to take the risk with and, you and literally die is literally the definition of time traveling. Because then I'm gonna be on this path where I'm gonna save ten, twenty, thirty years of my life, as opposed to. Um, not going down this path that... And there's no convincing that you have to do. They trust and believe. Yeah. And you're encouraging to whatever venture. It's two ways. It's not like you're just in a relationship with someone because they're pumping your tires and that's their role. No, no, 100%. You are as important in pumping their tires in their ventures as they are for you. Yeah. And... uh, Share the same beliefs and then the values. It's the same thing as, you know, a lot of people hate me for comparing... um, who hates you? <laughs> Who the Co- fuck hates you? Comparing like <laughs> relationships with business relationships or it's the same thing. You want someone that shares the same values with you that you can trust most importantly and um, doesn't give you a hard time. Like you want to work, you've worked with people that gave you hard times. Like, yeah. In, in, in music, in your business, like if you're in the studio with someone that's just a joy to be with, the music will be better. Of course, because it's, a, it's an amazing experience. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But if I, I couldn't even imagine it, because I have such a low threshold, maybe <laughs> from my experience from working with people who sure. fucking gave me grief, yeah, that I I don't tolerate it, yeah, and that's why I've never really had a, like a real relationship, yeah, because I I never I never found that, mm-hmm. but recently I have I have found that, yeah, and just like you said, it's someone who's on my team and I'm on their team. And they pump my tires, I pump their tires, and it's a mutually beneficial thing. And it keeps me off the dark side of the moon, mm-hmm. which is my thing, right? We all, uh, we all have something. And the less time you spend on the dark side of the moon, the more time you'll actually spend time traveling through time. Exactly, because when I'm on the fucking dark side of the moon, every morning is a hike back. You know how far that is? Yeah. <laughs> you know how many wasted kilometers are just going back from the fucking place I didn't want to go Some to? Some people never make it past and never make it back from the shadow realm. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, to yeah. quote Donald Ardekis. Yeah. So that was the number one. So um, that's very, very amazing that you say that. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of cheesy. Another th- and and Well, it's not cheesy. Yeah, I guess. Do you think it changes anything? It changes That it. you formalized it? 
Um, no. Well, I, <laughs> I like when you raise your when you raise your eyes like that. Uh, I like, don't think so, but uh, to no, I I don't think so. But in a way that you know, not everyone's wired like you and I. Yeah. So my partner, it was important to her. So. And you considered that, and being be, being aware being aware of that is uh, yeah, you're a good man. Inception, but so, but yeah, having someone that is contributing to your success uh, in a mutually beneficial way is fucking ideal. Yeah, and I think that's when you settle just to say you did it. I don't think that'll be. Um, that'll be really the thing that'll get you where you want to go. So, yeah, kind of your relationships or whoever you're with, that's a real time travel move. Uh, back in the day, cutting out just the toxic friends and being with the crew that just want to time travel with you, that's a time travel move. And another one, um, we used to work together in a you know couple years ago. Yeah. And to this date, a time travel move was... Um, we had a meeting and you're essentially, hey, you got to go and do your own thing and take the leap, so to say. Which was your line. Yes. Well, now, yeah, obviously. I, well, the, the I, sensei I always has to hear it from somewhere else, you know? Exactly. Like the, the shoemaker always has the <laughs> shittiest shoes. That's what they say, right? So kids say. That leap that I took four years ago of leaving um, a job, most people, you know, don't ever get that opportunity or don't have the balls to do it. And maybe I didn't have the balls, but I got a push. And then that was a time travel move because it kind of propelled it into um, this direction. And I think everyone has that. We all need a push. Exactly. Who doesn't get to push, you know? Yeah. We all need that push. You pushed me to start this podcast and here we are. So there you go. And I think in that situation where, you know, I said, take the leap, that was another mutually respectful confrontational moment mm-hmm. that required both of us that gave us more respect for each other. And in hindsight is the greatest, the greatest, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just another proof that like sometimes awkwardness, I think always awkwardness will lead to growth. Yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the word? Uh, tension or is the um, stimulus for um, growth? Like, yeah. Yeah. Literally. And that's, that's the way it's gotta be. Always. Mr. Trinception. Absolutely. All right. So is there anything you'd like to plug? No plug for now. No plug for now? No plug for now. No plug for now? I'd like to come back on this podcast though. So, Oh, you will be back yeah. infinite times. Nice. I, I just heard that Joey Diaz was on the, the Rogan show like 60 times. Okay. So we got to do at least 90. I think so. Because we must, we must beat. Absolutely. We must to plug for now. Um, this was great. I think a lot of people are going to get a kick out of this but i think so too i'm super excited we have these fancy cameras yeah they're gonna be cut up we're gonna make clips we're gonna do all kinds of stuff it's fully outsourced yeah because i need i needed the 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 <laughs> learning to get here yeah because we started outsourcing video editing and this and that stuff and the, and then this made sense because now all i have to do is press play all i gotta do is press play i don't have to do anything else i just have to say if i like it when it's done it's amazing and uh in terms of me I guess what I got to plug is just my music. I make music. Check it out on YouTube, Spotify, Misho, M-I-S-C-H-O. Any, uh, okay, what cool stuff are you working on right now? Any new tunes, any cool tunes? I'm constantly working on new tunes. I'm working on a, a cover. Ooh. 
And uh, the cover is of the Venga Boys classic, Boom 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 Boom, three exclamation points. And that's one of my favorite songs ever, because as much as I love 90s rock and pop punk and metal, Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for dance music, 90s dance music. It just makes me feel so good. So I'm doing a sci-fi space rock cover of that. Very cool. Jules will be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got. I'm always. I've always got a song. I'm always working in studio. I've got about eight tracks now that are finished. I think it's going to be. It could be two EPs because sonically there's two different okay. sounds. Okay. Like so, you know all the ones I did with the Pelican in LA. Yeah. I might be calling that EP California Beeman. You know, California Dreaming, California Beaming. I get it. You know, the sci-fi I get thing. it. You know, you get it? I get it. And so it's a vibe down for you, spaced out magic. Because those have, it feels like a live band. It feels, it has a sound. And the other ones are very sci-fi. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I'm going to be putting them out every two months or whatever. I don't think that makes sense because if I'm putting shit out every two months, I'll have songs for three years. So I, I can't be backed up five years of songs. Yeah. So I think I might need to batch them together. Um, I'm working on a, a music video now for a song called Weird, and that's a song that uh, the lovely Juliana will be on. Yeah. She is on it already, believe it or not. <laughs> Song's done. It's mixed. Um, we're doing the video. We're going to... We experimented with some cool looks, okay. obviously, in the time travel outfits. So that'll be cool. But uh, yeah, that's it. All I got to plug is this. Uh, me show Spotify or YouTube, and uh, you get to hear my music and uh, follow around if you like. If not, just enjoy this podcast. That's the beauty of this. Absolutely. You know, that's why we wait till the end to talk about our stuff. But uh, this was fun. This was the first one. And I'm very happy that it was with you, Transception. Can we take bets on uh, who's going to be your first sponsor? I know. Uh, yeah, sure. Like, what do you think? Or what's the bet? I don't know. I don't bet. How does it work? No, like, uh, wh- what do you think if we can manifest the future of some of our the first sponsors that you think you're going to get? Okay. I don't think it would be the first, but a lovely sponsor to have would be Bulletproof. Okay. That would be amazing. What's so great about Bulletproof coffee? Uh, I love the way it makes me feel. <laughs> you know, when I wake up in the morning, it keeps me uh, in autophagy okay. so I can remain in a fasted state. And no, but, it, the, but seriously, because I've never had Bulletproof okay, coffee. Okay, so why I So like, sell it to me, okay, Mr. I'm, Salesman. Okay, Mr. Salesman. Yeah. I love Bulletproof coffee because it gives me a prolonged, it gives me a nice buzz because okay. normally with caffeine, I drop off all the time. So I feel really good. I feel really high. So do you take I, it instead of coffee? Then I crash. Yeah, I have that instead of coffee. Okay, cool. Like I, this is the first time I had like a normal black coffee in a while. Okay, just because I wanted a little spritz, you know, before before the show. Uh, what also bulletproof coffee has it has it has fats. It has um, MCT oil in it. Got it. And it has uh, ghee, which is a clarified butter. And that little mix of fats in there gives your body um, energy. That is not carb energy, and it doesn't get you out of the fasted state. Okay. So that's the whole idea. So instead, you can have bulletproof so, so, coffee. So instead of let's say someone having fucking every single morning, which I know some people, black coffee, eggs, bacon, you're you're you're, you're suggesting replacing that with bulletproof coffee. Well, it all depends. I like how clear it makes my mind. I love that it, it's like a little treat in the morning. Yeah. Um, it's funny you said bacon and eggs because bacon and eggs. While way more cal- calorically dense, yeah. Uh, if you leave bread out of it or potatoes, which never happens, <laughs> you're going to be good because it's like go all fat yeah. or go all carbs. And you don't have a bunch of fruit. But once you start mixing them, in my experience, yeah. and from what I read as well, you just crash because it's like it's too much for your system. 
But uh, Bulletproof Coffee doesn't give me a crash. It keeps me in a fasted state. It gives me energy. Like it, like that MCT oil gives me like a, a bit of a, oh. a high feeling. Is, is it cold or warm? Cold. Okay. Can you have it warm? Because I like, like... Of course. Really? Of course you can have it warm. Okay. Like the cold brew that I drink in the thing yeah, yeah, yeah. is warm, but the Bulletproof Coffee, I, I usually make it myself and it's hot. It's warm. Interesting. So what I do is I put my Nespresso. Okay. I get that ready. I get the machine started. I put, uh, not supposed to put it in the microwave, but I fucking do. I take the ghee. Yeah. I take a little, I, I put that in the microwave so it's all watery or whatever the fuck you call it. Mm-hmm. Then I put the MCT oil in it. I use the, the Bulletproof one. And uh, then I put my coffee in it. I put a little stevia, so it's a little sweet, but without any uh, sugar. Mm-hmm. Then I blend that beast up, and it's the most delicious treat in the world. And I feel high, I feel buzzed, and I have no crash. Are there any coffee shops in the world that are just like bulletproof coffee instead of like uh, just they're just pouring fucking um, coffee shops are starting to offer a bulletproof, okay. but they really haven't done it too well. But there are a few bulletproof brand coffee shops. Cool. And they have like, they have bars, they have all kinds of stuff and it's all low, no sugar or almost no sugar at all. So it, it's like, it's kind of a keto thing. Yeah. I know they call it the bulletproof diet, but essentially I take it because it, uh, it gives me a good buzz and I don't have a crash and it gets me fat adapted, which means I can fast longer, teaches my body how to take in fat and not just sugars, nice. less crashes, less depression. All very, the good stuff. Very cool. Yeah. So wait, what are you thinking? It's sponsors. That's where this started. Oh, uh, ZipRecruiter.com. It's just because I hear that on all oh. the, 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 the oh, podcasts. Okay, so there's ZipRecruiter.com. <laughs> that, now that we're there, you're fucking funny. Yeah. There's ZipRecruiter and there's also uh, ExpressVPN. Yes, you know, yes, ExpressVPN. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Stream all your Chinese show with uh, ExpressVPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no one will know the dark web that you go into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, the, <laughs> so there's that. So ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter. Uh, Wix, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Wix yeah, always yeah. fucking. Wix.com, yeah. What are there, some other uh, low-level sponsors? <laughs> no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We're not going to get sponsored Shit. now. ZipRecruiter, when you sign that million-dollar check, ignore what you just heard. Yeah, yeah. I uh, self-sabotage, my friend. Yes. Uh, what else? What else is a good... Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's always. Something. I keep saying that in 2023, Nike will officially be uh, selling my tracksuit. Okay, but that's uh, we got two and a half years for that. Three years. Yes. Sponsors on the podcast, on YouTube. Like you have videos here and there. You ever get like Monday.com? I always get that one. I'm a YouTube Premium subscriber. Yeah. I haven't seen an ad. Me too. In I'm, two years. Okay. Well, you see, how do you see ads? Then? Sometimes I'm not always logged in. Into oh, my account you there. fucker! Yeah, yeah. You fucker. Okay, another question. Should I put these videos on a podcast channel, like on YouTube? Like, obviously, it's going to go on, like, the audio yeah. podcast, like uh, Spotify. Yeah, I and, think so. And the music one stays the music one. 100%. 100%. Yes. Jorgen has two for the podcast. And I'm seeing that as well. Yeah. So the podcasts, Lex Friedman as well has done this, and he's... he's uh, He's receiving tremendous growth. He's experiencing tremendous growth. Tremendous. Huge. Huge growth. Um, main show is just the podcast, the main channel, and the second channel is the clips. Yeah. So there could be Misho Podcast and then Misho Podcast Clips. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Rogan said in an interview that when he started doing the clips like three years ago or something, his downloads went from 100 million a month to 200 million a month. 
because the clips are these bite-sized things that allow, and you can you can categorize it like they can have titles, they can be yeah, tagged yeah, yeah. or whatever that fucking bullshit is. Yeah, oh, I hate doing that. You don't have to do it. Yeah, but I'm doing it currently. But that's okay. I'm not. I'm not cutting them up now. Yeah. So hopefully. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'll do. I don't know what the thing will be called yet, though. But I'm pretty sure, in terms of like consciousness, simplicity, and barriers to entry, uh, Misho, something with Misho in it is going to be the move. Misho works. All right. So, Trinception, you're a lovely person. I love you very much. You are the man. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having this, me. On number this, one on this very first podcast. I honestly couldn't have anyone else. You are the man. This is great. It's a nice relax. We'll just get better. Of course, we'll get better. Yeah. It won't get worse. Yeah. That's for sure. And I think this was a pretty good first one. Absolutely. So uh, to everyone watching, uh, like, subscribe, follow the podcast. You can find Trinception, T-R-I-N-C-E-P-T-I-O-N, on uh, Twitch, on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at Misho, M-I-S-C-H-O, and then there'll be links to whatever you want to find. Thank you for your time, and I'll see you soon, fellow time travelers. <laughs>